2: Welcome back to Tales from 2 a.m. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You are with us, and if you are on this March, Sunday morning, wherever you are in the world, yes, I say the world, because we've got listeners all over, and it's amazing. I love that. And you know, if you're here, that means you're a major part of our BTSC family. That also means that you are a huge Steeler fan. And that is great. You have black and gold coursing through your veins. And I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, But I'm talking about realizing that the Steelers are a huge. Definitely the Steelers are a huge influence in my life. They are a team that they're an obsession with me. And and that's really what it is. I love them so much. And that's what I enjoy talking about more than anything. That's why I'm talking to you guys four or five times a week. And I don't live in Pittsburgh. I grew up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, about 65 miles east of, of uh, Pittsburgh. I consider myself a yinzer. Not everybody thinks I'm a yinzer because they don't consider Johnstown Western PA I do that's uh, where and how I grew up and I'm just going to continue to uh, believe that whether you're going to call, you're going to say I'm not I live in Maryland now and it's awesome I live in Raven Country there's more steeler bars in my town in Maryland than there are ravens bars how about that because there's a lot of black and gold influence in this area, and I see Steeler fans everywhere, and and I love it. Stacy says Johnstown is a nice place. Johnstown's always going to be home. Now that Cree says Johnstown's a great area, um, you know I now I'm I'm here in Maryland, and I've been here for gosh sixteen. Oh my gosh, going on. Uh, little over 17 years now. And I love living in Maryland. But what I'm saying is. I love the Steelers so much. And you look at players. And I love the Pirates. I get uh, frustrated. Very frustrated with the Pirates. You notice I'm stuttering there. Because talking about the Pirates. My veins in my head pulse. Because I get frustrated. Because of some of the decisions that the front office makes. But. I have a connection. I grew up watching these guys, and they were larger than life to me. Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, Pitt, Penn State. Spent some time in West Virginia, too. You know, and that's a good state. I uh, won't bust on that either. But speaking of busting, there's some players that people will call bums. If you make the NFL... You did something that a small percentage of everybody else in that field is able to do. If you're starting for a Division One team, you've done something that a small percentage of uh, people can do, and it's amazing that you got that far. If you get to the pros, I'm going to give you credit. I'm not. If you ever hear me calling a player a bomb again yell at me because I don't want to do it and I'm not going to because that's a human being with real feelings behind it and I know I keep saying this so the reason I'm bringing this up is we have a guy that we have busted on a lot over the years I don't think that I have we we other people have they called him Mr. Electronic Football Ryan Switzer did some good things for the Steelers. And we bust on him because he doesn't have many yards after the catch. And everybody talks about how horrible he is and this and that. And then I've I've seen him come out and defend himself. And he does a very good job of defending himself. And I give him credit for going up against people. And and fighting for his name for his family. Now. His son, I mean, a couple weeks ago, his son woke up with blood on the crib, nine months old, Christian, God bless him. And they are still trying to figure it out. And they've had some ups and downs with it. And do you think football, even though that's where that family is going to get their money, do you think football means anything right now to the Switzer family? It doesn't. It does mean income to help, to help pay for this. You know what he would give up football-wise to have his son healthy and not have the worrying questions to know if he's going to be, if he's going to be there? Yeah, that's, that's so scary. So give these guys a break. Give these players a break and that's the most important thing. I have a son that has health problems. He has immu- immunity issues. He has Lyme disease. You saw him on the show a couple of weeks ago. He has Lyme disease and a lot of uh a lot of things about it are really tough on him. There's a lot of people that I know that have worse situations than what I'm going through. It's tough to see me watch him go through it but he's still able to live a good life, but he's going to have struggles because of it. He has two co-infections with it. That's really tough on him, but he's trying, he's doing a good job at it and we're doing everything we can to support him through it. I wish sometimes that, uh, the tick would have, would have got on me instead of him. And I wish I could have acted better, but guess what? It, It hasn't. It didn't. And I'll never forget it because it was right after the Steeler, uh, excuse me, the Penguins lost in Game Three in overtime to the Sharks. They ended up winning that Stanley Cup, but I remember when it happened, and I'll never forget that night because the Penguins lost, and I was taking um, ticks off of uh, my son at a, a Cub Scout, uh, at a Cub Scout event. There's so many people even in btsc there's so many people that come on here and you see the fun side of them and you you see the ordinary side of them and then they go home and they they're dealing with with family and they're dealing with issues and they're dealing with the same hopes and dreams that you are that's what the players are doing same hopes and dreams so when when steven nelson says enough is enough i deserve more yeah He does. We don't, we still don't know what really happened with the Steven Nelson situation. What did they say? Did the Steelers say, We can't pay you what you want? I know you're going to, then we're going to cut you to make more cap room. We don't want to. Did they say that? I kind of think they did. I think they are one of the more empathetic. Organizations in professional sports, you know, but they, they have to make those tough decisions. The, what works for the Rooney family and the Steeler organization isn't going to work for Steven Nelson's family. And they both have to be the CEOs or co-CEOs because the wife is a a CEO too. Um, they, They both have to take care of the family business. So, Tony Defio had a show the other day that said maybe Steven Nelson's not a bad dude after all. He's not. Steven has to make that decision just because Tyson Alu made the decision that we love because it means that he's coming back to play for us. Wasn't made for us. We talk about loyalty. It was loyalty to his family. So we've got to think about that. He took care of his family. Raheem Hunt says, I'll miss Vince Williams. I will too. I will miss Vince Williams. Vince Williams would, w- would have uh stayed here forever if he could have, because he was that kind of guy. He was that kind of player. Vince Williams gonna, he's gonna get a job elsewhere. I hope. I think. I'm pretty sure I he's a monster against Durant. But the guy's looking for a job right now. And in this, in this NFL, my gosh, in, in this version of the NFL, nothing's for sure anymore because the rug gets pulled out from under you and now you're looking and things become unsure and uncertainty t- sometimes destroys us. Talked about Ryan Switzer. Um, I want to talk about the rock and the rock. So why am I saying the rock and the rock? First of all, I want to talk about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I've been watching the show Young Rock. It's kind of a wonder years with about the life of Dwayne Johnson Its on NBC there's about five or six episodes. Uh, he narrates it and he's actually on it. It, it. it's it's cute, especially if you if you like pro wrestling like I always have. And or if you just like the rock in the movies, it's great. But the episode the other day focuses on him being a freshman at the University of Miami in 1990. He was going to be the first first freshman to start. And he was having a great camp. And then he messes up his shoulder. I don't know whether he blew out his shoulder. I don't know what happened right before, like on the last practice before the first game. And he went through this deep depression. He went home. He he uh, wasn't going to his, his classes. But he did have his family around to help him. He didn't want to tell his family what was going on right away. His roommates were saying, buddy, you got to go to class. You got to, I mean, you, you've got to snap out of it. Let's do this. They, they were trying to help him. But when it was taken away from him, I mean, even though it was temporarily temporary at that time, it was really tough on him. And it was also tough when he couldn't get a sniff in the NFL after a very good career at the University of Miami, and he goes to the CFL. He's te- This was not in the show. This is something that I read his book. And he's pulling, you can only have a couple Americans on a Canadian football team, and he's pulling a mattress out of a dumpster to sleep on. Now, where the rock is now is amazing. He made himself, he got opportunities. And he he said he got opportunities because of who his dad was, too. That's what some people say. But yeah, Thaddeus asked, wasn't the rock's female sister cousin a wrestler too? He his cousin, um, he has a lot of cousins. Um the Samoan culture in wrestling very you want to talk about family the Samoan culture with family is very tight too and I believe Nia Jax is related to Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh he's either friends or, or close friends or family with uh the Usos and Roman Reigns and and a lot a lot of people like that um that you know, but I digress. But anyways, The Rock had the opportunity. But you see this you see this guy in the Fast and the Furious movies. And you see him larger than life right now. But he went through a deep depression. Because he lost his job. And when a guy gets cut, we're like, good, I'm glad they cut him. Yeah, that's... I'm going to start, I don't care what you do, but I'm going to start looking the other way and saying, man, I hope he hooks on elsewhere. I know it didn't work out here, but I really hope it works out for him because now I'm, I'm seeing that. And I understand it. we are in a country that now we can talk about depression a whole lot more back then. You really couldn't, but there's been a lot. I mean, we just need to look at the other side of things. And I know I'm on the soap soap box and I, I, I know I'm talking about that stuff so I mentioned that rock I want to talk about another rock in Steeler nation we we revere Rocky Blyer for good reason when he was in Vietnam he played for the Steelers and not a lot of people know this he was uh number twenty number twenty six and then but we know him as number twenty when he came back from Vietnam so he he uh, went to Vietnam then Preston Pearson took his number and was number twenty six. Um, so that's kind of what happened there, but the number doesn't matter. But what I'm talking about here with Rocky is this. Rocky Blyer had so much shrapnel on his leg. He had three toes that he really couldn't use. He, he uh, he got hit in the thigh with a bullet. I mean, this guy was fighting for our country in Vietnam, got drafted, had to go over and he did. And that's, that's a hero to me. And I, I don't think we're, nobody's, nobody's discounting that. But we've seen, so we've heard the stories. We've read the, the stories of uh, PTSD and that's all very real. But Rocky's laying in a hospital bed. And he gets a postcard from Arthur J. Rooney, the old man, the patriarch of the Steelers. He gets a postcard. And it says, it's this is all it says. It says, Rock, the team's not doing so well. We need you. Art Rooney. Rocky Plyer said it. Do you know what that vote of confidence? Most likely false sentiment. When I say false sentiment, let me put that air quotes up. Because the air quotes, not putting air quotes up got me in trouble a couple of days ago with something I said about Juju Schuster. And, uh, yeah, I read the comments that, I, I know this is a rotten say. I read the I read the great comments on YouTube, which I get a lot of. I, I read the awful comments on YouTube where you're calling me an idiot. For something that I said on this show. And uh, shouldn't get to me. I should be professional about it. But yeah. I get those comments too. For So I'm going to put the air quotes up here. And. Art Rooney. Was not saying that. Thinking that. Rocky Blyer was going to come back. Art Rooney was saying that. So Rocky Blyer. Had incentive. To get better and not fall into that deep depression. That's why he wrote that. I bet you if you asked Art Rooney at the time. What he meant when he was sending that out. He was trying to boost a man's spirits. That's what he was trying to do. I, I guarantee you that. But I don't think his intention was saying get back. Because we need you to play in four Super Bowls for our team. Because doctors said you're never going to play again. But that didn't matter when Rocky Blyer, when Robert Patrick Blyer got a postcard from an old man in Pittsburgh, so far away, his employer, that he was probably never going to be employed by again, but was standing by by him. You know what that did? It made him work. It made him work. So he got back. This man was a one thousand yard rusher in 1976 alongside Franco Harris. And he didn't have the use of three toes. And he had he is a purple heart winner. Recipient, excuse me, I don't want to call it a winner. A recipient. He had shrapnel, so much over a hundred pieces of shrapnel in his body. And he came back from that because of a vote of confidence from a man that wanted to boost his spirits because he didn't want him to go into that deep depression. He is one of the great stories. The greater story is not Rocky for doing it. It's for Art Rooney for being the guy that said, I got to make sure this boy's okay. And that's what he did. So remember that. All of you that when Ryan Shazier was going through it, you guys were awesome about it. But everybody was saying, you know, he's crazy to think he's ever going to play again. Well, he retired because he couldn't, and it wasn't possible. But if I'm his dad, I'm his, I'm his friend. If I'm anything, I'm like, Ryan, you work, you try. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. And I'm sure he had people. He is a good family unit around him. um. <laughs> um And he does, but I, I heard people say, you know, like, well, he's stupid to think that he's going to come back. You can't say that you've got to have hope. Even if it turns out that it doesn't work, you've got to have something to drive you. So that one of my favorite all time sports stories is what I just told you, Rocky Blyer and Art Rooney, because that wasn't a football player lying in that bed. That was an American soldier lying in that bed. And that was a family man lying in that bed. And he fought and he got better. So anytime we look at a player that makes a decision that we don't like, that's best for them. We think about the decisions we'd make in our family, in our lives. And that's what I'm going to start doing from now on. And that's it. Now, I want to touch on Bud Dupree because I mentioned Bud Dupree. I I mentioned that article that he wrote. If I'm in that stadium and the Tennessee Titans are coming to Heinz Field, hopefully we're in that stadium, I'm going to pull out my terrible towel. I might even wear my number 48 Bud Dupree jersey. And I'm going to clap and wave that towel for number 48 because of the things that he wrote in that letter. He didn't have to write that letter. He got his money. He could have left, but he thanked the city of Pittsburgh. He didn't just talk about the city of Pittsburgh. He talked, he didn't talk, just talk about the fans and Mike Tomlin and the organization and his fellow players. He talked about how important the fans were to, to him, how important the city was going around the city, the players that, that, showed him what the city was all about. Cause he knew nothing about it and how much he loved it. He's going to miss, miss it here. He definitely is. He said it. We're going to miss having him, but I agree with him taking that money to go. That's a good decision. Steelers. That's why I, I'll do the same thing for Javon Hargrave. I have no problem with him. The Steelers gave him an offer who what, I mean, it was worlds apart from what he could get. So, yeah, I'm going to be cheering Bud Dupree when he comes in. And Bud Dupree right now is one of my favorite ex-stealers. Um, you know what? I want to bring up Wes here. I like this. Funny to think about Nick Vinette's exit comments and then see Bud's. Nick Vinette, I think he showed up in week three or four. In 2019, and he hated the city. But he also had some bad things to say about Seattle when he left there. And he had some, I mean, I don't know what he's going to say about uh, Denver now that he left there. So, you know what? He saw something a little different than what Bud Dupree saw. He, I'm not, but... He might look at things differently. He might feel that he wasn't treated as well. Yeah, you know what? It's really hard to. Uh, it's really hard to come in to any situation when you haven't gone through a full camp to come in in the middle and know everything, middle of the season, and to thrive. I think that's the same thing with a guy like Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson's a lot better of a player that played for the Steelers last year. If he comes back, if they sign him to a deal, don't know if they're going to, but if they bring him back, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot more out of Avery Williamson than you did last year. It's just hard to adapt in the middle of it. It was even harder in 2020 because of COVID. It really was. Um, oh my, I'm gonna have some trouble with this name. I'm gonna try Joseph. Jo- Joseph Mesadu. I'm going to try that. Joseph Mesadu. Please let me know. Spell it out phonetically. But Joseph gives us 199 in the live chat. Always will be a Bud Dupree fan. Good luck to him. Yeah, I will too. Here's the thing, though. We called him Bud the Dud. I never did because I, I bought his jersey and I love this guy. We were not satisfied with what he was doing. For... Three years. And then finally, in that fourth year, we're like, hmm, it's pretty good. Guess who else we didn't like that much? You know I'm going to say Troy Palomalu, sure. First season, we thought Troy was a bust. He wasn't. (laughs) You're not going to call him that now. How many of you back in 2011 and 2012 called Cam Hayward a bust? Sometimes it takes some time. So before you throw out that B word, the bust or a bum, remember, these guys have a lot to offer. And they really do. And they're trying. They're trying for their family. And they're trying for their way of life. They're really good at it. Um, Wes says, yeah, I was a huge Bud critic. guess what? We have that right as fans, too, to be a critic. But remember... What's going on on the other side? Look, you guys say a lot of great things about me. But I'm going to look in the uh, live chat later for uh, YouTube. Not live chat. I'm going to look in the comment section. And someone's going to call me an idiot. And guess what? They have that right too. But uh, I shouldn't let it get under my skin. <laughs> Definitely shouldn't. But I'm thinking about how I feel when I read that. And I'm thinking about how I feel when when people send me these beautiful messages. Thinking about how I feel when I'm reading uh, stuff that they're saying about my other BTSC teammates here. And and, uh, when they bust on them. Look, we have... Sometimes it's rapid fire when we're talking about stuff. I wrote an article the other day. I'm from Johnstown. I wrote an article that got rave reviews from everybody. And I forgot one thing. I was ranking the number two picks since 1969 for the Steelers. By the way, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of great number two picks. I had a hard time with number one and two. Two of the great number two picks of all time for the Steelers, not just since 69, all time, named Jack. Jack Ham, and Jack Lambert. I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Jack Ham was from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. He graduated the same time that my, my parents did. He went to the Catholic school, Bishop McCourt. My parents went to Johnstown High School. Same age. Jack Ham was in every local commercial. Jack Ham went to Penn State. Love him. I mean, he's my favorite player. I'm waiting for my Jack Ham jersey to come in the mail, and it should be here any day. Somebody was shocked and says, I cannot believe that you did not, that uh, you didn't know that Jack Ham was a Hall of Famer. I just didn't put it in the article. Some of the things I think, some of the things you just think are assumed that people know. But everything you've got to do is being watched. And somebody is going to criticize it. And I get that and I understand that. But before we call a player an idiot, understand what's going on. I don't know what happened in the Chase Claypool video. I didn't love it. In fact, I hated it. I hope it's something that he looks at and says, mm, I've got to approve upon these things. I get to not put myself in this situation. I'm not ready to throw him out. Mm, I'm not. Somebody asked, is he going to get suspended? Uh eh. I'm not sure. But what I'm thinking though is he has a chance to turn this around, but we're watching him now. And the reason we're watching him is because he's representing the team that we love. So we have the right to criticize. But we could give constructive criticism. Cody says, hopefully, it's a wake-up call. And here's the thing. West says this. Blown way out of proportion, and people are ignoring why the fight happened. Here's the thing. I don't know why the fight happened. And I wrote that in fact or fiction, and when you read Factor fiction, when it comes out today, you'll see that. But... It's, it's still putting yourself in that position. Um, and Claypool. Okay. Wes is saying the Claypool defended her. The kicks to the head though. I don't know. Some people are saying, Oh, they don't land that hard. It's still kicks to the head and you're getting caught on camera and you're putting yourself in a position. And, and that's it. Um, Jim Rome used to say nothing good ever happens after, uh, after 12 a.m. at a bar and you could, I mean, not a lot of people like Jim Rome. I get it. I wouldn't have 2 a.m. stories if I wasn't at a bar after 12 a.m. Uh, I just wouldn't. But you know what? I mean, this isn't here to talk about really talk about Chase Claypool, but West brings up a great point and it backs up everything I've been saying. We are quick, we are quick to criticize it. And here he was defending a woman. Great. I think that is fantastic. There's still a smarter way to do it. There really is. And and that's all there is to it. But we didn't know what was going on with, with Chase Claypool. So we can give him constructive criticism. And and if he takes a constructive criticisms. That's great, but don't call him an idiot. Don't call him a problem. So that's, that's what it is. It needs to be a wake up call. And, and Wes is saying, Hey, I'm not defending his actions. No, but guess what? Wes, we, we need to know the whole story. I feel better knowing that he was defending a woman. But my gosh, I could tell you a story about me defending my family. And uh, in fact, I'll tell you the story. My sister got married about eleven years ago, and the uh, the tux guy was twelve hours late. Showed up at the rehearsal dinner to give us the tuxes, and my nephew who was my gosh my nephew was not even four at the time and the uh the tux guy was on the, the tux guy was on the phone and i'm like look you gotta do something you did this wrong did this wrong this this wrong and the tux didn't fit my nephew and the tux guy Ended up coming down there and his words were, I can't help it that your nephew got so fat. Kids four. I went nuts and I went after him. I never connected because my dad grabbed on me. My wife tried to grab on me. I ended up breaking my wife's toe because I, I, I stomped on, I mean, I was trying to get to this guy to get in his face. I was never going to hit him, but I did go after him. I lost my cool. I'm not proud that I lost my cool. In fact, I'm upset. They're still mad at me. For, I mean, they joke about it. I, we ended up getting the tuxes for free. My dad was like, everybody was mad at me. And my dad said, Hey, we got the tuxes. All right. Now the tux guy, they finally said, look, we're going, We're they, they made it right. And they said, look, um, I just can't be in the same room as, your son to my dad, because here I'm this big, bad guy at this point, because I was going after the tux guy, but you don't insult family. So it's not, I mean, I was the bad guy that night because I lost control. And I, I kind of think that if I would have kept my head, it would have been, I mean, I could have gone about it so much of a better way. And there are people at that wedding that look at me different now as an out-of-control jerk, which if you know me, you, you know that I'm not that, but I lost control. So I understand what happened with, with Chase Claypool now if he's defending someone, but man, I wish... And nothing bad ended up happening. I didn't get arrested. I I did sleep in separate bed that night because everybody was mad at me. I wish I would have thought about it. I wish I could go back and say, "Dude, control yourself. Even though they did something that really offended you and went against your family, you could still do it better. And that's all I'm saying here about Chase Claypool. So he could learn from this. And he could be great. So that's that's all I'm saying about that. I don't want to see him kicking a guy in the head. Is it a red flag? Yeah. Tony Tefia said, Yeah, red flag, yes, deal breaker, no. And that's what it's gotta be. If this keeps happening, then it's then it's a problem. You know it. So we can we can look at things more objective. And that's what we're going to try to do. So we talked about a lot of things. I kind of uh, bore my soul a little bit today. And I want to go back to being happy-go-lucky-bad. But it's one of those things that I thought about. And and I thought about it because it came from a happy place because of Tyson Allo Al- 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 coming back. I know how angry we'd be if it was the other way around, and it's not. But... Tyson's back, and he made a decision, and that decision was not for me, not for Brian Anthony Davis. That was for his family, and that's the way it should be. So the next time that you, that you see something that a player does or a decision that they make, think about how it would affect you. And then think about me. And think about the fact that I would like to buy you a Coke. And teach the world to sing. Do three things for me first of all actually do four one know that I love and cherish you all for being in here on this show and listening and giving me this forum. two be safe. three be true to yourself and four always be
1: behind the steel curtain. I'll see you.